I've never seen a diamond in the flesh I cut my teeth on wedding rings that's pretty good. This is the gloom, bringing you weekly interviews with F3 Omaha packs, exploring their F3 experiences and finding those sticky elements that create the glue in the gloom. All right, folks, uh, we got another uh, phenomenal leader on the call. And um, I don't know if it's if it's me or not, but these guys, these are good looking guys that we have in F3. Uh, you can't see them, of course, because it's a podcast. But uh, but man, I've got a pleasure of interviewing one of our, our leaders today, the recent Psych U at the pit. Uh, I remember this guy um, joining uh, and remember his first day just just thinking, um, man, I can see this guy helping us uh, lead this group to, to new heights. And he sure did that. So uh, Chernobyl, man, uh, good to see you. You look good. Happy Friday. Um, Likewise. Tell, tell us where, where it all started. So uh, who EH'd uh, first workout and how do we land on the name Chernobyl? Sure. Uh, start off with uh, the obvious. Uh, one, thank you guys, you and Pony, for putting this stuff on. Um, just started kind of getting into the gloom stuff. I started listening earlier this year. I never really got into it last year, maybe just because I didn't really know too much about it. But as I started getting into it, listening and really getting to know people uh, on a deeper level, especially the guys that are up north, other areas that I don't get to know. So appreciate you guys putting in the work to do this stuff. It, it really is important. Um, and I think it helped get the word out F3 wise, not just here in Omaha, but hopefully we've got quite a few other listeners elsewhere. But anyway, um, kind of start off with the story about me. Um, so I had been working out with fun dip and double dip up at Papio Monarch high, uh, for a while. I moved into that neighborhood, uh, unbeknownst to me, I actually, was neighbors with squeaky clean uh prior yeah. to all of this and he wasn't with f3 at that time um but after i moved uh doubled our fund dip invited me to go start working out with him we had been working out at the gym for probably a good year and then uh right around i think january february we started noticing some guys with light up vests and running out in the parking lot. It was like probably a foot and a half of snow and they're running around like, who the hell are these guys? <laughs> um, those guys are crazy. And we were, we're walking by and talking about them as we're lifting. And then sure enough, I think it was like March or April and doubled it, uh, says he were in working out with them. And he's like, yeah, uh, I actually worked out with those guys. That's F3. And, uh, they're actually really cool. You guys need to come out. And I was like, nah, I don't know about that. Uh, and then like a week later, his brother, uh, funded, says he, he went out and he said the same thing. He trouble. You got to come out. You got to come out. And I kind of pushed it off a little bit. I was like, eh, I got all, I got to get to work early. I work up in Blair. So I have to get to work earlier. And I wasn't sure if it was going to really work for me. Uh, so I ended up going to the pits. Uh, it's like at right after school ended end of May, early June. And uh, he invites me out. We go out there, swipers on the queue. And uh, we start out running around the duck pond, do a few things, go on the other uh, other side of the duck pond, we're stretching. And then uh, he has a bunch of cones set up uh, over by the t-ball fields. So we're doing all these things. Well, one of the stations, uh, you have to throw a Frisbee 
and to your partner, like on a dead sprint, kind of like a football pass. And uh, Double Dip was in that area. He launches this thing. Uh, if you know the pit very well, it was on the east t-ball field, and he basically threw it all the way to the other t-ball field. And I'm on a dead sprint, dive and catch this thing. And almost in unison, I hear like all this mumble chatter on the other side. People, Airbud, Airbud, Airbud. So to to take things full circle, come back into the middle, uh, start walking in the middle, and immediately uh, everyone's yelling Airbud. And then sure enough, knobs, the knobs rule. Uh, Let him talk, let him talk. And uh, started talking, told him I worked in Blair. And once I said Blair, I don't know where that came from, but because uh, there was a nuclear plant in Fort Calhoun, which is right next to Blair, and Nobbs yells out Chernobyl. And that's kind of how the name came about. Um, and it just kind of stuck from there. And initially I was like, eh, this name's kind of weird, but uh, definitely uh, appreciate it now. And I, I couldn't see myself having any other name besides that, so. But you don't work at the nuclear plant, right? I like, do not work yeah. at the nuclear plant. I actually work, I uh, see my show, they can't see it, but I work for Corbion. Uh, it's a, we make lactic acid for uh, like food preservatives and things like that, but we're on the Cargill campus. So that's physically where I work. But I didn't even, don't even work at the nuclear plant. So it's funny how uh, we have probably like half the guys in F3 have names that have really nothing to do with them yeah. at all. Yeah, it, it's funny to me. It's like your job, it's like nothing you said had anything to do with Chernobyl. Yes. Not, <laughs> no your, no antr- ancestry, no nothing. It just, nope. but it's nope, not Russian, not, none of that. Nope. Yeah, well, right it fits you so well. And it, do you remember at what point did we add the like explosion afterwards? Um, I honestly don't remember. It was kind of early, but it wasn't right away. It was probably at least at least a month or two. Um, I don't remember doing it in like the VQ or anything like I like that. Uh, but I remember seeing a bunch of other guys kind of had the back blast. Sarpy is pretty big in the back black blast. So I was thinking of you know what else to do, and all of a sudden. I think Swiper mentioned something like a nuclear explosion. He made a noise one time at the end of it. I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. And then I think the very next beatdown, I did the explosion thing. I think it just blew up from there. So. Yeah, that's perfect. No, it suits you well. I love that. What? Um, so you were working out with Fun Dip and Double Dip. So already yep. a lot of sort of fitness activity stuff going on. I mean, were you doing mostly weights or what was your fitness life like? Yeah, uh, I mean... Growing up, did a lot of sports. So did a, I played soccer, baseball, basketball, a lot of those. So running was always kind of in there. I hated doing it, but it was part of the sport. Uh, but once I graduated high school, I got really into weights. So I, I gained probably 15 pounds in like five months, just hmm. really going at a hard, increased my, my max out uh, bench and all these other things and got really, that's when a lot of the muscle started getting added on. And then I was kind of in that realm for a while and didn't exclude the cardio completely. Um, even in high or college, that's mostly what I did. I did a lot of intramurals, uh, actually played club uh, for Lincoln for a couple of years as well. Uh, then uh, after graduating, tried to stay in it, but that's when I did the roller coaster thing. I'm on my own. I don't have anybody else to work with. No one to keep me accountable. I would get my mind set. I'd, I'd work out for two months and I'd be gone for three and be back up for a month, be gone for another month, be back on for four months off for six months. So kind of did that for a while. 
uh, moved back to Omaha, found a couple people to work out with, but then they moved away and then everything kind of went away again. Hmm. Tried the whole uh, diets and fads and ended up weight roller coasting all over the place. And uh, that was kind of part of the age with the fun dip and double dip is, hey, they, these guys don't, they're not really big into the weights. They do a lot more of the the body weight, the boot camp, the some of those things. And in the back of my head, I'm like, well, that's one area that I haven't really been doing very well. And I kind of want to get better about being, you know, not really heavy in the weights, but good enough that I can do strong weight, but I still want to be able to run a little bit faster and do some of these things. And I tell a lot of people now, like I like F3 because it keeps me uh, good at a lot of things, but not a master of anything. Mm. So yeah. like, we have the weight sites that have, you know, dumbbells. And I try to bring the, some of the weights that I have. And uh, sometimes when I'll cue, I'll bring like my barbell set and my uh, bigger weights and try to do heavier things just because it's really hard to do. And at the end of the day, you can't really replace a gym uh, for those types of workouts. But it's also, in my opinion, not something that I think I should be doing every day anyway. I think that's maybe like a once a week, maybe twice a week type of deal and spend more time on the calisthenics, the plyometrics, the body weight stuff, because it is overall from a full body uh, fitness perspective. I think that's the best uh, mixture to, to keep someone at their peak performance. So. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. It's like, what's, what's the fitness you know, what's the activity that's going to keep me healthy longest, right? And, you know, yes. I think... Uh, I'd say that because I've had a couple injuries, but at the end of the day, um, I think some of those injuries are, you know, to my own doing or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, would have been substantially worse had I been not doing some of those other things. So yeah. so how, how difficult was that first workout for you, do you think, just based on where you were? Was it pretty challenging or... I would say from a cardio perspective, I'm, I wasn't used to that. So, and Swiper likes to move around. So yeah. I would say there was plenty of stops. So I wasn't worried about that. And the actual exercise in themselves, I never had too, too much difficulty with, but it was, I mean, honestly, the hardest part was probably the initial run around the pond. Like yeah. I just, the longest I think I'd run in a year prior to that might've been a mile. Yeah. So, and now we're doing, you know, every beat down you have is, is probably an average two and a half and some are more, some are a little bit less, but I'd say two and a half to three is about an average beat down, yeah. uh, especially if you got a weekend one. So uh, definitely help fitness just going to beat downs and then building off from that and you start going to free runs and doing some of those things. And I remember uh, doing some of the running AOs and, you know, I was never a super fast guy, even in high school and some of those things, I was a fast sprinter, but I wasn't a long distance person. Yeah. So, uh, I think my fastest mile, like, I don't, I don't even know what it was, but, uh, starting out, I was probably upper eights, mm -hmm. uh, to start. And now I'm well below eight and, uh, no Farva or trench or any of those guys, but, uh, yeah. definitely substantially improved from where I was pre F3. And, yeah. uh, I, that's definitely a testament to all the pre runners. And it's amazing. Uh, you do some of those things and you, you run with these guys and they're having full on conversation. You can barely even, you know, pick your head up, let alone say a word. And, uh, after, you know, probably three weeks of that and you're starting to have a conversation with them and then you're finding the next guy that can't breathe and you're having conversation oh. with him and just kind of snowball. So it's, it's amazing how, uh, 
just having that group and people to work with, uh, it keeps your fitness uh, improving in the right direction. For sure. Are you, have you been doing the, what's the meat grinder? Is that? Has you been- <laughs> it's funny because uh, a lot of those guys, they kind of really, I don't know if it physically actually started at the pit. I think it did. Uh, but it's, that's kind of the staple site for the meat grinder. Um, I know a lot of that, what they were starting when I was doing my pull-up stuff. And so I didn't, I was trying to etch that number down as fast as I could. And so I didn't partake in that, but I, I, uh, low flow keeps uh, pinging at me. Hey, you need to be, how, why the hell are you not doing this meat grinder with us? And I'm like, yeah, I, I need to start doing that. You're right. Uh, it's just between stuff in the week and all the other activities I got going on. I feel like it's, it's, that's a bad excuse from a challenge perspective, especially from those, from those Sarpy guys. Um, but uh, I, I need to get on that train. Uh, it sounds like a lot of fun and yeah. I'm usually up to challenges like that. So it's a it's a smurf a run and then the beatdown right it's sort of the or yes yeah it's a yeah you do the smurf then you do the pre-run and then you do the beatdown after that that's correct and okay. some of those are even crazier than that so if you get farvo or sometimes local they'll even do another pre-run before that so they're they're getting up <laughs> crack dawn i mean might as well wake up at midnight and start working out <laughs> yeah well that's awesome do you feel like from a so so the other piece because you mentioned kind of like that Pogo Forty? Um, yep. Have you been able to participate in any like Queen service or any of that sort of stuff? Yes. Uh, so I would say after my injury I had last year, I kind of had a minor tear in my ACL, gained a little bit of weight because I wasn't doing the running like I had been, um, and was eating like crap, mm-hmm. and uh, gained a little bit of weight. Um, I, it's right, right after father's day, I hit a, hit a number that, uh, I, I didn't want to touch. So I always kind of floated between that. Uh, I'd say 175 and 200. Well, I got darn close to 200 and I was like, yeah, yeah I need to do something. Um, and ended up getting real with my nutrition, uh, increasing, slowly increasing my running again, went to the halfway house in July. Um, and then ended up dropping like 20 pounds over the course of like, let's say two and a half months and got back down to a really strong, like 175, 180. And I've been holding there ever since. And part of that was because of queen service. I attended or did queen service uh, this winter and it wasn't to lose weight. It was to maintain because Mm. every Christmas, I mean, everyone just gorges between Thanksgiving and all holidays. I, every year I'd easily put on 10 pounds without blinking an eye. And I didn't, maintain exactly but i only ended up gaining one pound over the entire season so for me that's a win 100 percent. and i'll probably do that again this year um and it wasn't so much that i mean i'm trying to cut weight as as again i'm just trying to be a lot smarter and i mean we we even have a nutrition uh channel on our sarpy whatsapp group now so Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people that are attending that and i think that's really cool because there's a lot of ideas that people can bounce off each other but one thing that's worked for me is just trying to you know, be a little bit more cognizant of my caloric intake in the middle of the day. You, I don't think anybody can be too restrictive where you can't eat what you want. But, uh, I, one thing I do is I kind of maintain, do my protein drink in the, in the morning, uh, maybe a, a little bit more protein and for lunch and like a light snack. And then by the time it's supper time, I have plenty of calories that I can eat relatively almost anything I want without going overkill. Um, and that's enough. To, and by that time I have a full meal and I don't need the late night snack and it keeps my caloric intake 
overall down plus you get the beat downs and it's it's an easy way for me to maintain without trying too hard yeah no i i i love that and i think it's you know the the accountability right it's like all these different spaces to have some additional layers of accountability but also like you said to learn like what have other guys tried right because you know like I've been, I've done intermittent fasting intermittently the last few few years, like, you know, unless it's, you know, like, unless I'm bringing donuts home for, for my kids, right. Then I'll, I won't eat breakfast and I'll similar to you, but have you noticed, um, curious your thoughts, just like, like that accountability piece. I mean, do do you think that is what makes it stick as opposed to just trying on your own and the Pogo 40 mentality? I would say from the, uh, accountability. I think it's more honestly idea sharing and uh, trying to see what works for them and learning from other people's mistakes. I don't want to say necessarily account- accountability is definitely part of that. And that's more clean service for sure. Mm-hmm. But this one I think is idea sharing and, you know, testaments of what's actually worked because you can learn from people's mistakes. Right. Yeah. And uh, we're not all body types are different. No, nothing's going to work for everyone, but there are things that, probably didn't work and maybe I'm not going to try that one first. I'm going to try maybe someone that had a little bit more success when it works for them, then maybe they might use it or do some type of variation of that. Yep. Um, I think that's the hard, I think that's probably the hardest thing in F3 that uh, is, is hard for a lot of guys is that we, I, we, we concentrate a lot on the King, um, a little bit on the jester, but the queen I think is a lot of people's difficulty. I have, portion control issues like crazy. If once I find something that I really want, I will have one bite of it and it turns into 50 and I don't even blink an eye. Girl Scout cookies or ice cream or any of that stuff. You have one bite and it's, it's gone. My, my wife, my aunt says she can't bring anything good into the house because once it's there and I know it's there, it's gone in a day. Yeah. Um, So if it's, if it's out of the house, out of mind, I'm good. But once it's in the house, I have to eat it. Yeah. Self-control. Yeah, that's we could probably do a whole cast on that. I do think um, I don't know if our between two coupons guys have covered specifically dieting, but I know they're doing some cool men's health stuff. So if you guys are listening, yep. they haven't checked that out. But tell me, you know, because I, I guess so you knew the the Dip Brothers right when you started. Um, yep. Who else? So, I mean, were there other guys that you knew? Or? Uh, there were a few guys that I recognized when I first got there. Um, I know uh, it was a kind of a softy age from Firewalkers. I didn't even mention that. Um, so his son, uh, his children went to the same daycare that my kids did. And it was a, it was a Christmas program. And they, he actually tried before the Dip Brothers did because I didn't even know about F3 at that point either. Um, and they had gotten together and we sat down and they were eating co- some cookies. And he's sitting across, I never met the guy. And he looks up to me and he's like, hey, you look like you work out. I'm like, yeah, I I do. <laughs> oh, I, I do this morning fitness thing. And so it was, it was kind of a, a, a soft DH from his perspective. Um, and it, had he talked to me more about maybe some of the other stuff, it would have been, I probably would have sparked because that's a lot of the other second F and third F stuff that we do. I think at that time, that's what I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't need the fitness side. I needed the other stuff. And that's my favorite thing about F3 is all of those other uh, items. Um, and obviously everyone knows who Firewalker is. And, um, that it would, coming from him, it, it's, uh, it definitely would have been, you know, a, a strong EH had he, had I known more about some of that stuff at that time. But 
Yeah. Uh, what were you going through at that time? You mind sharing? Just, what was going just on? background stuff. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, you, you don't know what you don't know. Um, and just kind of going through life. Uh, okay, steady job. But uh, from a friendship perspective, I had a really strong relationship with the Dip Brothers. Um, but friends outside of that in this area, I had a lot of good high school friends that have since had families that moved on that you don't get to connect very often. Uh, you're not seeing them frequently. It's kind of like that, you know, adult syndrome. You you get older and you have to plan to, to see your friends all the time. Um, and that was that was something I needed to, is to have some of that, you know, just laugh and, and, and get along with uh, some guys on a, on a routine basis. Mm. Uh, you have your coworkers, your colleagues, but that's not the same, not even close. It's a professional kind of connection. There's no real conversation. And even if it wasn't real, that's what I would need. But when I found out when I got here, it was, you have people that are getting real, uh, real vulnerable. Like I remember specifically, I think you were the, the second beatdown I went to. Uh, it was Swiper. I think you, oh, you were the third. It was you, Firewalker. Firewalker had a pretty good COT, but then you came and you, that was on your anniversary for your sobriety. Mm. You share your story. I'm like, oh, this is what F3 is. Oh. Uh, we're actually going to get real. And it wasn't, um, I think there was a quite a few uh, teary eyes in, in that COT. And I think I was, I got close. Um, and the very next week, I think it was Icy Hot and he talked about his story. Oh. And uh, I was like, Man, this 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 is really real. We're we're getting to talk about real things. We're we're talking with each other, and nobody was kind of like felt awkward about it because mm -hmm. I mean maybe the person everyone feels anxious when they when they bring that up the first time, uh, but no one felt awkward. Everyone felt welcoming, and that's when I knew at that point. That's when I knew that F three was a, was the real deal. Yeah, that's awesome, man. I I love that, and I think the yeah you know, the cot it's just this special thing, you know, and I, I love that we like, we're almost more interested to learn and support each other in those areas than like the, what's, what's your job? What do you do for work? Conversation. <laughs> you know, it's funny well, how many and, guys. You... And you have people from all walks of life. you got people that, you know, have extremely blue collar jobs to someone that's, you know, presidents and, and, and everything yeah. in between race, gender, whatever. Uh, not gender, but race and, you know, everything else. And it really doesn't matter what you do or yeah. where you came from. And that's, that's some of the beauty you go to, even when you go down range and you talk with some of these guys, uh, I was in New Jersey uh, at uh, F3 Essex and was talking to some of those guys. And it's weird because a lot of those guys, they homeschool all their kids. They work from home and they, mm. they homeschool all their kids. So it's a lot different vibe than what some of the stuff we get here. Now, granted, there are a few people that homeschool here, but it's, it's not the same. Um, and talking to some of those guys, but the same uh, authenticity that they had yeah. was the same that we have here. Now, after Alma is a special place. We do things very different here than uh, what I've experienced at other locations, but um, it's, I've never experienced anything like that playing sports, doing all these things. You have, you have brotherhood and fraternity type of uh, environments, but nothing that's this positive. And there's always someone there to push you in the, in a positive direction. And yeah. that's, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. How did you go from, 
like hearing other guys' stories to then being comfortable to share your struggles. I mean, what was that transition like for you? In terms uh, of- honestly, that's, that's something I still struggle with. Um, I, I never been that type that likes to get uh, real emotional people. Um, mm. And I always like to hold my cards back. No, yeah. I, I remember it was new year's, things new year's eve or new year's day that's when i actually just this past year i've been with f3 for you know two and a half years now it took me a year and a half to mention anything but i remember sharing my story there was only a few of us there um and i shared my story about uh so my dad has ms he was diagnosed when he was early um and i know he struggled with that his whole life and can't really get around walk very well being kind of we go to soccer games and he's, you know, stumbling along would fall frequently. Uh, you know, you have kind of that semi embarrassment of everyone looking around at you, um, not feeling bad for you, but also knowing and sharing that with you at the same time. But it's different when it's your family and your dad and everyone else is kind of looking out at you and kind of what I share is, uh, you know, that's, that's part of why I am the way that I am. I, I, uh, I try to do a lot of things because I know my dad can't, uh, he used to be a pretty good athlete when he was, when he was younger. Uh, but once he got diagnosed, everything kind of went down pretty quick. And that was before a lot of the, the newer medicines and everything have come out that can prolong some of those symptoms. Mm-hmm. Um, but sharing that. And again, it was the same thing. I, 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 I remember how tense my voice was and how deep my chest felt saying that. Uh, but how much better I felt afterwards. Again, there was probably only five guys there, but it was enough that people came over uh, and said, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, I didn't know any of that about you, but now it makes a lot more sense. And uh, definitely something that uh, I'm glad I did. It's just, it was really difficult to, to do the first time. And yeah. anybody, if you're listening um, and you have that, uh, there are people uh, in this group, I mean, everyone knows it, but you don't know it until you actually take that step. Yeah. So if you have that, you know, vulnerability or something that you're holding on that you just don't want anybody to know, um, take the step. I know it's a big step. It's a huge step, but take it anyway, because it, it does feel a lot better uh, after you do that. Sometimes you, you know, just got to rip it off. I, that's awesome, man. And thanks for sharing that. I, you know, I think the, what's so cool is just like, you think about like reinvigorated male community leadership, right? Like what, what does that look like? And to me, a, a big portion of that is like men that are getting comfortable with expressing their feelings in a healthy way. And um, I don't know, it's, it seems so simple, but it's, it's hard for whatever reason, you know, I, I don't, but uh, the one thing I've noticed in F3 is like, um, I think, men like we're, we're taught to you know not share an emotion and to be like that rock that just doesn't waver but at the end of the day like all i mean we're we're based we're, we're supposed to have relationships we're supposed to communicate with each other and we are emotional bodies we do have emotions whether we like people to see it or not is a different story and being able to share that with people that are positive this is a realm where people aren't going to look at you the wrong way. Mm-hmm. And that's, you, you don't get that anywhere. Like you don't have, even when you talk to a psychologist or people like that, you're not going to have that relationship. That's professional. This is people that actually care about you 
yeah. from the heart. And I don't see a better place of expressing those vulnerabilities than at this at, in this group. Yeah. So, How are things today with your dad? If you don't mind me asking, uh, they're they're getting worse every day. Um, we've uh, they just recently retired here in April. Um, my mom actually doesn't get around too well either. She had uh, she has diabetes, and uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, my dad in the scooter. Um, they had called me to help them get the scooter out of the, the car. And I live on the other side of town. I told them I was a little busy. I'll be over them a little bit. Well, they got impatient, um, tried pulling this thing out. It landed on her foot. They were on the way to the airport and diabetic. If you don't know, diabetics have difficulty, uh, with injuries and, uh, they take a lot longer to heal. She didn't do anything with that. She was out of town for a week. By the time she comes back, her foot's the size of a bowling ball. Uh, they go immediately to the hospital, uh, find out she had necrotiting fasciitis which oh, i don't know no. what it is it's basically flesh eating bacteria uh by the time she got there about a fifth of her foot was gone she's eaten away wow they doused her with all this um antibiotics and she's allergic to quite a few of them so that was about by itself uh luckily she only had a portion of her foot amputated so it wasn't the they were originally going to amputate up at the hip they only ended up amputating about halfway down her foot. Mm. So she doesn't get around either. And my dad um, has a lot of difficulty, especially in the middle of summer when it's really hot, uh, just doesn't have the energy to get around. Uh, we've been trying, our, he's, he's the most stubborn person I know. And I know a lot of stubborn people, but uh, he's the most stubborn. My wife would say that I am, but I get it from him. <laughs> uh, and I, I think part of that is the life he's had to live he doesn't want the help he wants to be able to do things on his own he doesn't want to feel the quote-unquote embarrassment of that and i get a lot of that from him um but he doesn't get around very well and he's finally getting to the point that he realized that he can't and he knows that he can rely on me because i'm strong enough to pick him up off the floor because my two sisters they're not they can't do that so it's always if something really happens he calls me so i can run over and, and fix mm. things i was doing things around the house and, and all that stuff just because they can't. But we're trying to get them out of the house into kind of more of like a, a villa or something like that to where they don't have to maintain anything. Nice flat level floor that is wide enough to fit a scooter, handicap rails everywhere. So we're, we're trying to get them moving in that direction. And they finally opened up to uh, to looking into it. And my, my mom just called me a couple weeks ago and said they, they are potentially looking to build uh, in a neighborhood here in Papillion. Um, okay that's a, a nice flat level that has everything. There's a builder that they've been looking at and talking with. It's kind of in the price range that they were looking for. So nice. Well, and you're, you're, that's really stressful too. Cause you've got your own family, right? Remind yeah. me. Of and and they, they try to be cognizant of, of the things that we have. Uh, yeah. But at the end of the day, it's, it's my dad and my mom. I'm not going to do, I'm not going to, would never abandon that situation, but it is difficult uh, to try and coordinate around all the schedules um, I remember it was, I remember when me and my M got married and we had a lot of extra things we had to try and coordinate around my dad. Um, you know, walking down the aisles, um, things like that. When my sister got married, uh, he actually walked my older sister down the aisle. That was the last time he's really walked. Everything has been screwed around since. Um, but I remember logistically trying to go through some of those things. It's just a lot of those extra things that you don't necessarily have to think about. Um, unless yeah. you're all of that. I, what restaurants do you go to that you have a little bit more space to get to? Uh, those types of things. Yeah. 
Well, and I don't, um, I don't remember. I should, I should remember this from my healthcare background, but is MS, is there any sort of genetic predisposition to that? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it's, it's an autoimmune disorder. Uh, I have probably eight or nine of my aunts, uncles, grandmothers, whatever that have autoimmune disorders. I actually have vitiligo, which is another autoimmune disorder, which is just a skin, uh, pig, and, uh, melanocytes in your skin and attacks yeah. those. But if you ever see me the next time, I got a few spots around my body that um, are starting there. It's, it's progressing. The older I get, the worse it'll get. Mm. Um, but I do have a few. Um, there's concern that I'll have, I'll get rheumatoid arthritis here in the next 10 years or so because almost every single one in my, that side, my dad's side of the family has RA. So, but your fingers crossed. I'll, yeah. I'll take vitiligo. That's not too bad. Um, yeah. Well, and you're a really motivated, driven guy, right? And I assume some of that maybe That's, is a motivator. That, that this is a motivator for sure. Uh, seeing my dad like that, and I, I, uh, I do a lot of that because I've in out of fear of what may come, yeah. and I won't be able to do it later. And then fear of, you know, or not fear, but more of, hey, I'm doing this. Because every time I go over to their house, hey, how's F3 doing? What challenge are you doing now? Uh, those types yeah. of things. He likes to talk about those things like almost vicariously through me a little bit. Um, and he talks to like my boys love F3 coming out to 2.0 beat downs. Um, Brady, my oldest, he he talks about it all the time. And he'll see people, uh, you know, running in the street or, you know, lifting weights. I'm like, oh, do you know that guy? Is he in your F3 group? I'm like, yeah, it's just some random guy running. I don't know him. <laughs> Uh, but uh, awesome. my, my dad and uh, the kids talk about it quite a bit. And I've been trying to EH my brother-in-law, which it would be my sister's husband. Um, and then my M's husband, they just moved to right next to Carachill, which is a quarter mile from the pit. Yeah. And I told them within the next three weeks, once you get settled in, you're coming. Yeah. So, and he's given me at least a soft commit. So I, I think that's going to happen. But I've been getting hard nose from my other brother-in-law. So <laughs> that's just how it goes. How, yeah. remind me, how old? How many kids you have, and how old are they? I have I have two boys, six and eight. Okay, and they both have been out to beat down. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, oldest has been uh, I think three, uh, probably five or six times, and then my youngest has been probably four or five times. But go to the Halloween Halloween beat down, Father's Day beat down is still my favorite day of the year. Uh, mm. The one we have at the pit is. I uh, too many good memories, too, too many good things happening. And, um, I, there's a lot of cool things that F3 does, but that's, that's still my favorite one. Nice. Well, I, you know, I think just, uh, I love hearing your, your story and just kind of what you, what you're going through with family and kind of segue into that third F piece. Like, how does it all fit together? Like, where do you, where does that strength come from for you to like get up every day and, and go at it again? Like, I don't know, is that a, is that a faith thing or what's been your faith journey? So faith wise, um, uh, kind of going off, you know, hearing some of these other podcasts, but, um, I, I did grow up in a, in a Christian household, um, frequently went to church. Um, and I've, I've always had a, a an okay relationship, uh, I am a believer, so I've I've always had that okay relationship. But I'm not the uh, routine prayer. You know, you hear some guys like Slow Pitch that he's got a he's got his routine. He wakes up in the morning, he kneels down, and he prays first thing right when he wakes up. I'm 
haven't been that guy, I'm still not that guy. I long to be someone like that, that has a, a tighter relationship. Uh, but um, I've always had a, a, a close understanding uh, uh, with, with that. Um, but I will say since starting F3, um, my eyes are much more open because I have a lot more of those close knit relationships. I have people that have talked about, you know, a lot of the same stories that are in the Bible we're hearing with other people in our group and, uh, what Jesus did. Uh, I don't want to get too religious here, but I, this is what I believe. Um, and the things Jesus did and how we, we treat each other. There's a lot of similarities. And honestly, I get a lot of COTs from church services. Now I, my eyes are so much more open to what's around me. I'm, I'm observing so much more and I feel so much more. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a part of that is the, the relationships and, and the vulnerabilities and the discussions that we have with each other that uh, allow me to, to feel that now. And that's, that's something I didn't have before. It was, not necessarily going through the motions, but now I'm definitely not going through the motions. I'm I'm truly feeling every step of the way. Yeah. No, so, I love that. I think that's a pretty common, you know, experience for guys. I just love like in F3, we've we've broken down a lot of the silos that have been created by like man-made religion, right? Like I was just on a, on a run the other day. <laughs> And uh, one of the guys goes to a Catholic church. The other guy's Methodist and I go to a, a Lutheran church and we were talking about God and, yep. but, like, but like, it didn't matter. Right. Even though our churches may have different, you know, beliefs on certain things, like the thing we were talking about was still, how do we just get better at loving people, you know, and being better friends and, and brothers. So I think it's just, it's cool within F3. It seems like those, Silos don't exist. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, your name doesn't even exist. You you have a brand new yeah. name. Nothing. Yeah. Really, it's it's purely about uh, getting to know people and doing things for the common good. As a, yeah. I mean, uh, what was it? Uh, wait time was down at the danger zone. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before that. And he made a uh, an analogy to what after we were like we're a bunch of sandlot we're, we're the sandlot crew we we come out we don't care uh, about winning or losing anything we come out and we help each other and uh, at the end of the day we're out in the community and we're we're spreading our love pretty much everywhere um, and that's I I don't know I I'm trying not to be like talking from you know a mountain here but and and you know, Oh wait, there's more type of scenario, but F3 is, is, is something special. And, uh, it's definitely in that, you know, I have, you got your concentric concentrica model. It's, it's in that second ring for me, mm. uh, to, to know how, how much it's changed me and, and knowing the impact it has on everyone else. It's, it's definitely in that second ring for sure. Yeah. What, um, you know, as you think about, uh, some of the other like third F events and stuff, have you had much chance to participate there? What's that been like? Oh yeah. Um, so we're, I was actually, we're actually the meeting we're having or interview we're having right now is at the same time. So we're, we're planning the Harlan hope, uh, for this spring for the toy drive and trying right. to get some of that coordinated well, squeaky and, uh, Duracell were uh, kind of heading that up and, uh, and tagged me along to have some of those conversations and we wouldn't have it quite scheduled until about midweek. I was like, God dang, it's the same time. Uh, any other times work? And uh, they're like, yeah, don't worry about it. It's the only time that works. We'll, we'll get you in the know and you can help spread it. But um, Heartland Hope, uh, to me, well, I remember when I first started uh, that first year, 
Project Pink was really big. I mean, mm -hmm. massive. And alongside that was the toy drive. And I remember the impact it had on me. Um, I I got really emotional on that because uh, it sent the impact and how much money we raised. And then they started sending pictures of, you know, just the bags of toys that we had. They had a, like half of a gym, an entire gymnasium full of bad toys that were they were sending out to Omaha. And to know that the next year we almost doubled that. Yeah. Um, it's just unreal how much of an impact we're making. And you don't, you can't really quantify that until you see some of those pictures or be part of the, uh, the shopping uh, events for those. I remember last year we went to, I mean, we go to all the Walmarts and just clear them out. Uh, but I remember going to that one and uh, I brought my boys with me because I remember the first year when it happened, I was like, I'd really love to bring them out to allow them to experience. Well, me and my wife had talked and it's like, Hey, it'd be really cool to get them involved. So we talked to my boys and they're like, all right, how do you guys feel about, you know, donating? Well, I didn't even say it. They, they were the actual ones that said, I'm like, Hey dad, can we donate one of our toys to these guys? Right. And I, at that, I, I almost broke down crying. Yeah. Um, I was like, that's exactly what I want you to do. And if you, anybody knows my oldest son, he's the kindest soul in the, in the world um and he ended up giving that and some of the money he had saved because we have a token board that they get so he gave some of that so we buy in some of these extra things um and it was such a cool experience and seeing him walk through the aisles I'm like hey i think this this guy would like this and this guy would like this because we were we were shopping for the boy the boy crew that day yeah. um so we're trying to find some of the toys we're trying to save the budget knowing that he had extra money to go on top of that too so Wow. Called all the fun stuff and it just seemed excitement on his face was was awesome uh, but yeah toy drive um the, obviously the canned food drive that we do uh that we did in uh last thanksgiving again and for csop uh going and being part of those and seeing the pantries that they have and actually who they serve uh locally uh is always really cool there's there's so many things the blood drives uh that's coming up next week uh there's so many things that we can be a part of that make an impact, not everywhere, but locally to people that we know. Mm -hmm. uh, all the blow we go, it's here in Nebraska. Honestly, probably most of it's here in Omaha. Uh, you have the toy drive, which is here locally in the western Iowa, eastern Nebraska. You have all of this stuff is being used by people we probably know. So we're making that in our direct community. And it, and it doesn't require substantial amount of time you just right. have to and that's the that's the other thing that f3 has done for me i've always wanted to be a part of things like this but didn't know one necessarily how to get involved or two have the push to get me over the ledge hey just actually get off your butt and go do something yeah it's giving me the, the motivation to actually come to action and do something and i shared with cot with the last last week about doing some of those things um and that's something that has helped me do. It's part of that eye-opening, hey, you're a member of this community and you need to start acting like it. Yeah. That's phenomenal. I love the example of your kids getting involved too. And I, and I think it's, a, again, a great example of like male community leadership, right? Just starting in the, with the people closest to you at home, which is, I love that. Tell me, you know, as, we, as you think about um, the leadership aspect of F3, and like your VQ and then getting to take over the pit and then handing it off uh, to Busser. What's, what's, what's that journey look like for you? Was that impactful? Uh, it, 
I would say everyone going through the VQ that first time, um, I did my V. There's some guys that do their VQ in like a week, you know, yeah. not a week, maybe like two or three weeks. And there's guys that wait six months or a year. Um, I was kind of in the two month range and I had gone through enough beat downs and I knew had enough conversation, knew enough people by that point that I wasn't really uh, scared of it. Mm-hmm. It was more just the COT side, making sure you hit the five core principles, doing all the, the, the stuff that you might stumble on. But that was the only fear I had of that. But it, it got you over the hump, kind of like this third F stuff we're talking. It just gets you over the hump. And then after that, you get this, you know, workout craze. And for me, I like to get after it. So I want to just kill people for yeah. the first <laughs> five or six beatdowns. I'm like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't because then people don't want to show up anymore. Uh, so I kind of tamed some of that stuff back a little bit. But every now and then, I like to uh, I like to put something like Double Dip always uh, has his pain scale. Uh, whenever I beat have a beat down, he's like, all right, where are you at on the pain scale? Like, are you a six? Are you a nine? Are you a 10? Um, and after going through that, and as I got closer to the uh, the end of that year, and um, Gipper and Firework kind of reached out to me for the taking over the pit, um, I, I started attending Q-Source a little bit more and it kind of get a lot more of those conversations and um, another little probe there. Uh, anybody that hasn't done QSource, uh, I highly implore you to do that. That's probably the the best conversation you're going to get out of F3. I mean, you have good, good conversation with guys in cafeteria and pre-runs, but QSource is where you get really deep and you get to know people really well. Um, a lot of times when I lead QSources, I like to um, get a little bit more personal mm-hmm. and get to know more of what's actually going on in your lives and Again, idea sharing, what things have worked. How, how do you, how are you, you know, expressing failure? Like, uh, talk about, I don't want to get sidetracked. I keep going back uh, different directions, but uh, I'll come back to the uh, leadership aspect. Um, I remember when they reached out to me and it, I, I got that immediate sense of, oh, they see me as a leader right now. And I didn't really see myself at that time, uh, especially when you have other people that had been there longer than I had. Um, definitely capable of doing it. There's so many, so many great people in our group, uh, that can do, that can do this IQ. And I was a little overwhelmed at first, like, all right, what does it take? And start talking like, oh, that's not too bad. That's not too bad. And from a time commitment perspective, uh, it's not the end of the world. Um, with it being a Saturday one, I mean, you kind of have to be a little bit more, um, reserved on your weekend plans and things like that. But, um, but yeah, taking that over definitely felt, uh, it, again, not, I think it's been a, allowing me to be more, um, cognizant of other people's agendas and helping coordinate things together, uh, with people instead of just, uh, kind of loosely between people, um, mm-hmm. people will come up to you and ask questions. And instead of just giving answers all the time, like, get to the point where I'm like, Hey, cause I've experienced before I'm like, I'll ask leading questions to them. I'm, hey, maybe you could give you tried something like this and, and doing some of those things and like, expressing some of those things. And, and it's now to the point after going through all this, being a part of that for a year, I've had conversations with my boss at work and uh, trying to get more of kind of a mentorship type, which fits the stuff that I enjoy. I mean, I love the chemical engineer by degree. I love doing math and numbers, but at the end of the day, I like, seeing people grow and definitely ready for that leadership on my professional side. Yeah. And I think 
going through that experience uh, has has given me a lot of practice uh, from not necessarily from a, a task perspective, but definitely uh, getting personable with people. And yeah. I think that's that's a good uh, ability to have. And I, I, I do think the, the psyche role has had to do that because, I mean, especially on the weekends, you have a few other things you kind of have to schedule, you know, 2.0 beatdowns, holiday beatdowns, um, CSOPs and those types of things and, and trying to cover some of those things or weekend plans. I think I missed one of the weekends because we were out on vacation, mm-hmm. uh, but trying to coordinate some of the things. So not to say I can compare it at all to anything in the workforce, but it has for me given me a little bit more personability with other people that is helping me in my workplace. So. Yeah, no, I love that. And you at the pit, right? So you um, got the logo created, right? Yep. Yep. Re- uh, redid the logo. And the uh, shirt. And I think you were the one that was involved putting together the original one. Oh man, um, that was so bad. The original one was. I, like, no, it, it was good. I just, I just think <laughs> it needed a little uh, flair. And uh, me living in Papillion, I, I was kind of going two different directions. I was. I knew it was the pit. I'm like, how do we do the pit? And then I start talking with Animal House. And he's like, you know that it was named after the snake pit because there was a snake on there at one point. And then it, that's kind of where the pit kind of started. And yeah. then it just turned into that from the football field and, you know, just the, you know, wars and everything that would go on on the football field itself. Uh, I so it. I, knew it, I knew the football field had to be in the logo for sure but I was trying to figure out, do I go more warrior or do I go more snake? And I ended up going to the snake and actually, uh, in my opinion, it turned out pretty well. So. Oh, and then you started doing the, like the weekly snake skin award yep. or. Yep. So, uh, so yeah, at the end of uh, the, the workout, we would uh, do a snake skin where uh, really trying to identify packs that had been kind of shedding that skin, accelerating, getting out of their comfort zone, doing something more than what they started, whether that's on their fitness, whether that's on, uh, you know, being a little bit more personal, more second half, uh, getting involved with some of the other things. And it was kind of intended to be kind of an open platform. And that's one thing that Buster's kind of brought to the next level is he got a bunch of decals on the logo. And now he's handing those out kind of like some of the other sites are doing, but that's part of that snakeskin. So not only are you getting the appreciation, but you're also getting kind of a token of, Hey, this is a reminder that people are noticing that I'm, I'm getting better. Um, so. Heck yeah. yeah. Tell us about the, about uh busser and just uh, identifying him as, as your successor. What was that like? Oh, it was uh pretty easy, honestly. Um, I remember when he started and uh, definitely he was, he was in it at the beginning because I think that first like three or four weeks he started, uh, he went every day, mm-hmm. never took a break. And at the end of like that third or fourth week, he was broke. He was like, I have to take a break. And he felt so bad, but he re- he had the wherewithal to come, come full circle and say, Hey, I need to focus on my well being, on my sleep and on my family and spending more time with my family hindering some of those things. So that was kind of the first catch. Like, hey, you like to get after it, but you're also, you know, straight in the head that you're not going to kill yourself just because. Yeah. And the way he talked to other people, um, you know, wasn't super domineering, uh, a great listener. He's a better listener than I am. I like to talk a lot when I talk to people. He likes to just listen. Uh, <laughs> and, and he gives good input. And he actually helped me along the way, too. Uh, but 
shortly after that, uh, I remember he shared his story um, about his sobriety and knowing that we have someone that's willing to get vulnerable. Um, that's again, another tick. I'm like, all right, this guy is understanding from a real level what F3 is all about. And then he started doing 75 hard and getting some of those experiences there, um, getting involved on some of the third F stuff. I remember having a room with him at Mount Olympus. And I was like, hey, I don't know if anybody's talked to you yet. I'm trying to get you early. This was like in end of February, early March. So I'm still four, five, six months away. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know if anybody's talked to you yet, but I'm really, have you thought about the psych you thing? And he's like, I haven't at all. No one's reached out to me. I'm like, all right. So it started, we're on the pre-round. We're talking a few things. I'm like, all right, well, he was really concerned about the Q source initially. Mm -hmm. so, um, I wanted to continue that from what uh, we had started from Filewalker when Gipper was running. I wanted to kind of roll that through and initially was concerned about that. And I kind of talked that down. Like, it's not a requirement that Q source has to continue. Uh, I think anybody will take that up. I don't necessarily think it has to be on the psyche's hand. I think that could probably be taken over by somebody else, even myself. Uh, so I wouldn't worry about that have to be, you know, connected to the, those two things. I think it should still be at the site, but you might not have to be the one out the page. Yeah. Uh, so talking with him more, I think about another three weeks later, we start uh, lining a few more things out, have another conversation, get more kind of the bugs out and, you know, squander some of the concerns that he had. And sure enough, at the end of that pre-run, he's like, I think I'm in, I'm in. It's like, great. Locked you down. Um, started talking through some of the other stuff by, I think, a month before, I was like, hey, has JC reached out to you? And I said, yeah. So I started feeding some things, getting a few things, sending the uh, Twitter account, I think, the, the Saturday before. So he was already ready to go uh, beforehand. And uh, I couldn't be happier. Uh, he's 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 already leading that site uh, better than I was. Uh, and he has definitely got the right temperament for that for that job. And I, I'm, uh, I remember talking to a few guys. And they're like, man, that guy's a stud. That's a great pick. That's yeah. a great pick. And man, we talk about it like picks, like it's a, like it's a lottery draft or, you know, <laughs> a, you know, they're going to the NFL draft here. But uh, we have so many guys that can fill into that role. It, it, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter who you pick because yeah. just about anybody can do it. Uh, but I feel like to be that psyche, you got to have the right temperament. And honestly, it's got to work for your family, especially on the weekends. Uh, it is a time commitment. There are things that extend over on time. Again, if you're going to be involved with Q source, it goes a little bit later. Um, it is a longer beat down, and you got weekend events that you got to plan around too. So, um, yeah. remember, he talked with his Emma and everything, and she's a huge proponent of it. And um, yeah, that's kind of how that whole. That's awesome. And yeah, I love that. It's, it's been cool just to watch the pit continue to grow. And uh, I t got to talk to Buster, I don't know, maybe a week ago on Friday, he was at uh, Golden Spike and uh, he gave me one of those decals. So I felt pretty nice. awesome to get one of those. Oh, he, uh, cool. Well, yeah, he, he gave it to you because uh, at the shovel pass, uh, that was his, his coming out of, of doing the decal. I didn't know he was going to do that until he, uh, he shared in the shovel pass, like, hey, I made these decals. This is part of the snakeskin. And as part of the shovel pass, I want to give it to all the previous psychics. Oh, yeah. So right. he he uh, he wanted to share that with everyone there. And, uh, yeah, it, that was a that was a class move for sure. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, like I said, I can't – going to be happier. 
Well, man, it's it's been good just to hear uh, your story and appreciate your vulnerability, just your your leadership. I'm curious, you know, as you're uh, thinking about just where you're at today, I mean, what, is there anything we could be uh, praying for or, or encouraging you on when we see out there in the gloom? Um, honestly, it's it's probably just that. I mean, uh, just praying for my dad and and hoping that. Um, his health can, can continue as, as best as it can. Mm. Um, like I said, I'd say probably the past three to four years, it's, it's regressed quite a bit. Um, and just, just hoping that we have, um, a lot of fortunate time with, with this disease, uh, that it doesn't progress substantially more to where, uh, he becomes immobile completely. Uh, my, my aunt, she has MS and rheumatoid and, uh, she she has to be wheelchaired around. She can't she can't get up and down herself. Like they have a nurse in her home. So I'm, I'm trying to. That would be something. Just just prolong or delay, I guess, uh, as much of that as possible. Mm, absolutely, man. I'll be praying for you on that. That's really challenging situation. But I know there's other guys that are are maybe in a similar spot. So hopefully they get the courage to reach out and connect with you on it too. Because I think that's yeah. talking through it is so helpful. For sure. All right. I appreciate you, brother. Let's do a little name-a-rama. You got it. All right. Brandon Fleahardy, 37, The Plague. The Plague. Ah. <laughs> uh, Josh Fallon, 37, Chernobyl. Chernobyl. I love it. See, I, th- I feel like it's a perfect – it fits you so well. I, it is so funny <laughs> to me that Chernobyl has – like you have no, no connections to a nuclear power plant other than Blair. Well, I, uh, I definitely couldn't see having a different name now that it's, it's been attached to me now. I think. I, I wouldn't want another day. Yeah. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll call this episode the leadership explosion. I don't there know. you go. We'll there see. you go. All right, brother. Good to see you. Have a good day. Uh, peace, man. Later. Bye.